getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. And it looks like we're good. So welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, and it's powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest, still uh, reeling from the from the experience of our meet and greet on Sunday, we had a blast. We're still we're still basking in the uh, just the glow of that really fun time on Sunday. It was so cool meeting so many of you. But Zach, how you doing today, brother? Doing pretty well, Chad. How about you? You know, I'm doing pretty pretty dang good. I'm excited to see news broke. Of course, today Vic Fangio announced Mike Boone has been designated to return off of injured reserve, and he's the running back for those going Mike who. Mike Boone is the running back. Now, most of our audience, very educated, following every single day. They know these names, but you never know. Mike Boone, the Broncos, signed to a two-year deal. Uh, as Philip Lindsay was going out, he was coming in, two ships in the night. And then he got hurt in the first, uh, right before the first preseason game, Zach. But he is a key special teams guy. That's one of the things that attracted George Payton and Vic Fangio to him. And so he might not come back, Zach, and get a lot of carries in the offense. But do you think he's a guy that can come in and make a difference on special teams? I mean, uh, ostensibly, yeah, on paper. But I think this could be a pass-catching option after the Broncos lost Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. You know, an extra person out of the backfield to catch passes. Um, The running game, I think, is pretty well taken care of with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. I don't think he's going to add much there. But you mentioned special teams. The more the merrier for Tom McMahon to hopefully keep that unit at bay. But I think maybe on third downs as another pass-catching option, I think that's where Mike Boone could fit in. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. I mean, I think they they plan on, just because he's returning to practice and just because they've designated him to return doesn't, guarantee that he's going to return for this game although I would be surprised if he doesn't because Zach in real time we're talking about preseason game one what was that the third third week of August I mean he's going over four weeks of real time of being sidelined I want to say that quad originally you might remember because I know you had the article for us I think it was a four to six week timeline so I'm guessing this dude's healthy they're just trying to get him back into, you know, some football conditioning and time to make an impact on Sunday. But that's what they need. Whatever he can do to kind of 
take some of the pressure off Melvin Gordon and Javante. Great, but like they need some competency on their return teams on specials. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the the better, the more talent, the better for an, an inept coordinator like Tom McMahon. I just don't think one player, especially a running back, is going to change the dynamics of that, that side of the ball. But, you know, more talent, the better. Some very interesting news happened. A couple of things happened yesterday while we were off, as it often does. I mean, we get the benefit, Zach, of all our shows end up being on game days, so we get to do the gut reactions. But I guess the wheel of karma Right. It, it is it is balanced. And one of the downsides to that is we end up missing a lot of the news sometimes during the football week. Yesterday was actually quite busy with some news. Number one, the Houston Texans tried to sign Brett Rippon off the practice squad onto their active roster. George Payton brought him up into the office and said, hey, there are, they want to sign you. I'll sign you to our active roster. Which one do you want to do? And he chose to stay with the Broncos. And here's Michaela, the Duchess. What's going on? She's rocking her new swag. I'm glad to see it finally got to you. Uh, love you. She says, do you guys think Brett was activated because they are shopping lock? Thank you for the swag. Zach, activated. That's not quite the verbiage. He was promoted, let's just say, or signed to the 53-man roster only to preserve him from the organization, basically, from losing him. I just, if they're going with Rippon as a number two, I think that's a step down based on upside that you want in your quarterback. He is the safer option at quarterback, though. I don't know that it means that they're shopping Locke. I think they just wanted to protect Rippon. I think this is less of an indictment on Locke and more of a compliment toward uh, the view of Brett Rippon within the Broncos organization. He's a smart, heady player. He's a good guy to have in the locker room, and they didn't want to lose him to either I heard the Browns and the Texans were two teams that reported that were poached, were interested in poaching him. So I think it was the Broncos just being um, uh, on top of things. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site tick pick will give you 110 percent of the difference in the purchase price that's right guys when we were searching for tickets for the mhh meet and greet for week three at home broncos versus jets tick pick had us locked down so visit tickpick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save ten dollars on your first order of broncos tickets uh the other little piece of news of course is uh, and by the way dylan yeah buddy it was great meeting you on sunday I One of my laments of that day is that there was so much going on between the game and the meet and greet, the setting up, the tearing down, and then after the game, we come back, we're doing the gut reaction, stadium authorities trying to rush us out the door. So we were just very pinched on time. And even after, uh, when we got back to our home base, a lot of the guys went out for a bite. I had to stick around, get some things done, because the content – you know, you're a slave to the grind in this business. So I wish I could have spent more time with you, Dylan, but it really was – Great to see you. The Broncos, Zach, signed a wide receiver to, I'm going to use your word here, ostensibly replace the speed dynamic lost with K.J. Hamler. David Moore. And a lot of people are going, who? 
former Seahawks guy. I mean, had a career high just what was a year or two ago. He had six touchdowns for the Seahawks. Broncos signed this cat. Similar question to you as the Mike Boone question. Can fans realistically expect this dude to be a difference maker? I mean, he was during his short stay with the with the Seahawks and, you know, what he's done around the NFL. I, I think K.J. Hamler has once in a, you know, I don't want to say generation, but it's it's pretty high-end elite speed. I don't think David Moore is K.J. Hamler in terms of game-breaking ability, but if David Moore can stay healthy and David Moore can be speedy and run some nine routes, I think that can help the Broncos' offense. But really, how much of a of a, a component was K.J. with a quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater who likes to keep it fairly short and with a coordinator like Pat Shermer who likes to keep it fairly short? Uh, he was always going to be a weapon, but... The fact that they weren't getting the ball in the weapon's hands, if you want to use transference to David Moore, it seems like he's going to be what K.J. Hamler was, which is a rarely used option. Yeah, he's a, he's a plausible threat. And that's really all you need is, hey, once or twice a game, you know, make sure you let the defense know that you're going to test him with that vertical speed or some kind of, even if it's horizontal, using that twitch. I haven't done as much study on David Moore as I would prefer. Uh, I mean, he's only been a Bronco for a little over 24 hours, but still, I'm not sure he has the same short area quickness, that burst, that twitch that uh, KJ has, but I do know he's got the speed. I mean, I think he's a 4-3. Scott, he's a 4-3-something guy, right? The David Moore. Either way, this dude's got wheels, so if you can work him into the offense re with relative alacrity, get him on the field, all it takes one or two shots down the field. Even if you don't connect on them, the defense is going, all right, when this guy's on the field, we got to respect the possibility that they might go after him vertically. Yeah, there's always the, the vertical threat there, but the more tape that comes out when teams notice that the Broncos aren't using that vertical threat, they're going to kind of bypass them and focus on Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, and Noah Fant. That's the big three uh, through which the offense is fed. I don't think David Moore is going to come in and suddenly be the number one receiver or even the number two receiver for that matter. Agreed. Vincent, real quick, let's grab this very generous super chat from Vincent, and then we'll go through some matters of business. Update everybody. I mean, we got today and tomorrow is all that's left in the month of September. We'll see where we're at on the Jersey uh, contest for uh, on Facebook. But Vincent, hey, buddy, thank you for that support, my friend. He says, I can't help but think that the Baltimore Ravens interior defensive front will implode Reisner, Dalton Reisner, softer than Charmin and Lloyd Cushenberry, the center, just as soft as Reisner, what can we do? It's going to hurt to watch. Well, it is a concern, Zach, but according to Vic Fangio, jury's out on whether or not Reisner or uh, Graham Glasgow are going to be able to go this week. So that might not even be a, something for you to worry about. I mean, Cush and Barry, obviously, Vincent, you're worried about Cush, and you want to see him really start turning the ship around. But, hey, Quinn Miners at left guard? I mean, guys, go read what Eric Trickle wrote about his performance in the grades article at milehighhuddle.com. Quinn Miners actually surprised Trickle. Like he, you know, Miners in all of his uh, preseason snaps, Zach, for the most part, the Broncos diligently kept him at center. And he came from the college ranks, D3, yes, but college ranks as a mostly a guard. And so he was kind of a little bit of a fish out of water doing all that center stuff. And so it's kind of understandable in hindsight that he might not have looked his best. At left guard, though, against the Jets, he looked really good. And we were there to see it in person. So maybe, Vincent, you don't have as much to worry about as you think. 
I just don't get calling Cushenberry soft when he's he played every offensive snap last year and he's not injured like Reisner and uh, Graham Glasgow are. I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say he's soft. I understand he's not a popular player within the fan base, but I think he's taken a step forward in his second year and I think he's improving at the pivot. Hey, we got Zeus flexing in the house. Love you, Stu. Thank you so much, brother. We really wish we could have seen you on Sunday, but hey, we understand you have a life. You probably, well, I know you got a mortgage, you got bills to pay, mouths to feed, fish to fry. We get that. Maybe one of these times, though, we'll get a chance to meet you face to face. And thank you in person for just all you do for MHH and what you've done from the very, very beginning when we started doing these podcasts as live streams. So love you, Zeus. Thanks, dude. All right, real quick, uh, some matters of business, and then we'll dive right back into the chat in the content. Lots to talk about tonight. Uh, here's the update, gang, on where we stand on the Justin Simmons jersey. We're at 97% complete to the goal. For those of you scratching your head wondering what we're talking about on Facebook, we have a goal of 250,000 stars in the month of September. When we reach it, we are going to raffle off a Justin Simmons jersey, as you can see here. And the only people in the running for that are those who contributed to the stars. And the stars are a way that we as a channel and the individual podcast, it's a way that we uh, can make money. All right. And you guys are supporting us big time. And we appreciate that. Here's where it stands. People with the most stars that contributed to the goal are going to have the most tickets in the hat and so forth. So here's how it looks right now. Mama Muti is at the top. Michael Ronquillo right there at number two. Randy Jones and Randy, I am trying to find out the tracking number on your hat, my friend. The same goes for uh, Travis Weber. Um, Randy Jones at three, Zeus at four, Joshua Shadow at five, Travis Weber at six, Gary Leeds Palmer at seven, Chris Hernandez, veteran of the United States Air Force at eight, Shane Daniels at nine. Great to meet you on Sunday, Shane, and Claude Riley at 10. And then just a few names outside the top 10. Andrew Baker, it was great meeting you as well. And the reigning champ who won the Von Miller jersey last month, Howie freaking Day right there. So we appreciate you guys very, very much. And, um, Oh, I just realized I don't have the uh, the Super Chat um, rankings pulled up. I don't know if you can grab that for me. But either way, we'll, we'll flash that here in a second. We appreciate you guys. So we got tonight and we got tomorrow's shows to try and close the gap, bridge that gap to make sure we hit goal. Guys, here's how you connect with us on social media. We love connecting with you. Keep the conversation going outside these live streams at Huddle Up Pod. Uh, and here you can see it, Michaela at number one. So what we're doing on, on Super Chat for our YouTube audience, for our YouTube community, we're also raffling off a jersey, a Justin Simmons jersey. The top five finishers on Super Chat cumulatively, their names go into the hat, draw out, they get uh, a chance to win that. And it's Michaela at number one, Chris Hernandez at two. Man, love to see that. Thank you, Chris. Mark Langley down in Georgia, another guy that Zach and I talked about over the weekend in Denver. Man, really wish we could have seen Mark Langley. Zeus on both lists, love you. The Queen. Right there at number five. And then just a few people outside. Seth Harmon, Brian Greenfield, Naj. It was great seeing Naj. Naj, man, again, shot of life. Someone asked me to describe, hey, what's Naj Altaf like? I'd say he's a shot of life. Uh, Kiaka as well. It was really cool uh, hanging out with you, my friend, and going to the game together. Simon Casey, appreciate you guys. Really do. Um, so we'll uh, we'll look forward to doing the drawing. What is it? So today's Wednesday. We'll do the drawing Sunday night. Gut reaction. We'll do the drawing for the Justin Simmons jersey. All right, let's see. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to some other stuff on matters of business. Let's get back into the conversation here. Um, the Denver Broncos, Zach, as far as the injury report, 
Here's what it's how it's shaping up. Let me do a quick share screen here so everyone can see what uh, what the players, how the participation looked today. And I'm, I want your insight on this here, Zach. Uh, Graham Glasgow and Dalton Reisner did not participate. Melvin, he's got a ribs thing. Maybe it was that hit from C.J. Mosley, hit round, uh, heard around the world. Uh, limited. Andre Mintz, rookie, rush linebacker, hammy, limited. Mike Purcell, that concerns me, Zach, I got to admit. This uh, this one here bothers me a little bit. Uh, Shelby's got a wrist, but he practiced in full. Malik, ankle full. Justin Sternod, full. Anything jump out to you here? Well, wasn't Purcell listed as questionable last week, and he played through that? So I'm not too worried if he gets in a limited practice. Sometimes these vets, they don't need more than a limited practice to go, and I'm not worried at all. It seems like pretty standard stuff there. The Tomorrow's practice, though, another DNP for Glasgow or Reisner would cast a lot of doubt on their availability for Sunday. So that's the only thing to monitor here from the injury report. But you know what? If uh, if Reisner is a no-go, I mean, we've already kind of gotten to see – we've got a good beat on what Natani Muti is able to bring to this offense, especially as a run blocker. Um, and, we, you know, we've kind of been able to quantify that with the – I mean, he hasn't got a lot of exposure, Zach, but enough to kind of know what you've got in Natani, and there's some a lot there actually to be excited about. Quinn Miners really, really impressed me against the Jets. And that's, again, I mean, they don't get very much respect, Zach, but that Jets defense, remember when we were doing the head-to-head guys and we were looking at Broncos, Jets, and all the green that the top 10 rankings that defense had? I mean, that was a really good defense, and Quinn Miners more than held his own. Well, I mean, they they drafted these players, Muti and uh, Miners, with the hope of them being future starters. And I caught a lot of flack on Twitter before the season for saying by midseason, Javante Williams and Natani Muti will be starting for Denver. And it's shaping up to be uh, heading in that direction. I'm excited. You know, it's a blessing in disguise if Reisner and Glasgow sit out because you're seeing the future at guard. I know Reisner is still the future, but when you have depth behind him that you're excited about, when you use a third-round pick on one of those guys, you want to see what they have to offer, and it could be an upgrade. It should be an upgrade considering how poor Reisner has looked through three games. Shout-out to Michael. Good to see you, brother. Yes, let's uh, let's see these Broncos beat the Ravens. David Wilder as well. Appreciate the stars, man. He says, uh, good evening, MHH, Chad, Zach. Hoping for a Broncos win. Amen. Hashtag state of being. We love that. Uh, we'll we'll do an update halfway through the show on where tonight's stars are uh, as far as this broadcast. Also, shout out to Travis Tarbox. What's good, buddy? Appreciate you. Uh, we leave for Colorado. That's right. I remember that now. You're going to the, to the Ravens game. Congrats on that. I think you'll have a blast, win, lose, or draw. I just want to catch up on a few things here. Zach, some people that have been waiting patiently. Uh, Travis wants to know how long Graham and Dalton are out for. Uh, they're day-to-day, basically. We'll see. They could still both end up playing on Sunday. Um, but if they don't, again, I feel actually pretty solid about who they have waiting in the wings. I feel like Reisner, though, would have more of a chance to play. I, I just This is my own speculation with the heart issue with Glasgow and now the new injury. I feel like they may, might be more cautious thrusting him out there again. So if there's one guy that's going to go, I think it could be Reisner. By the way, at his East Central, Oklahoma Pro Day, that always gets me. East Central, uh, David Moore ran a 4.43 at 219 pounds. So the dude's got some wheels. Maybe not quite the twitchy wheels. I mean, purportedly, KJ's in the in the low 4.3s. But he's got some wheels, does David Moore. The Patriot Brothers. Oh, hey, we know who's who this is. We got Smouse in the house. What's going on, brother? It's great to see you. Appreciate that support. Hope you've been well. Hope you've been dominating on your own uh, 
pardon me, uh, podcast odyssey that you got going on there, buddy. Good to see you. Thank you. Um, okay. So Albert Knoppers, another bona fide superstar. Great hanging out with you, buddy. He says, how many sacks do you think we could have against Jackson? That's a good question, Zach. As you uh, maybe ponder that, I'll pull up his stats for this this season so far and see what that even looks like. Well, Lamar Jackson, it's not, you know, it's not saying much. He's not Daniel Jones. He's not Trevor Lawrence, and he's not Zach Wilson. He is so far, through going into four weeks, the most talented quarterback the Broncos will face, the most dynamic quarterback. He can hurt you with, obviously, his legs, but also his arm. He has a good ball placement. He has a strong arm. He can put it into windows. They have a good tight end. They have a couple good receivers out there. Not much of a running game to lean on, but this is going to be the true test for Denver. Who's going to spy him? Are the Broncos going to maintain their gap integrity? Can they stay with Jackson, not let him beat him, beat them uh, down the field, especially with his legs? How many sacks... That depends, again, on what the Broncos do to keep him in the pocket. If they allow him to scramble and make some plays, he is one of the best improvisational quarterbacks in the league. But if they keep him in the pocket and make him a pocket passer, he will crumble. So how many sacks? I wouldn't categorize it by sacks. I would categorize it by how the Broncos play him. If they keep him confined within that pocket, I think they have a good chance of winning the game. Here's an interesting... um... Statistic, all right? Lamar Jackson has already been sacked eight times. That surprises me. Last year, he was sacked a total of 29 times. Uh, He's on pace to be sacked 45 times this year. So something's going on with that Ravens offensive line. Well, it's an opportunity, I guess. How many sacks they get, time will tell. Well, they lost Orlando Brown, the right tackle, and their left tackle, Ronnie Stanley, has been hurt. So not having your starting tackles kind of hurts you there. But despite that, Chad, he still upset the Chiefs. He still led the the, the uh, Ravens to a comeback over the Lions last week, so he's still very dangerous, and he is head and shoulders better than anything the Broncos have seen this year so far. Uh, here's uh, Jewel the Fool saying, hey, remember that Noah Fant touchdown against Houston? Yeah, that was what got the party started with uh, Drew Locke's big record day against the Houston Texans, and a little dump off, and then Noah makes one man miss, turns up field. I also remember that big catch and run, Zach. I want to say it was 70-some-odd yards against the Browns his rookie year, uh, week week nine. We need to see some of those big impact plays from Noah. And I, I've seen a lot of fans, Zach, just since uh, Sunday, who have opined via, via comments on the, the channel, comments on our site, comments on social media, that Noah Fant looks slower. I got to tell you, I am not seeing that. I don't think he really looks slower per se. But what's missing, Zach, are the big splash plays that you know he's. We know he's capable of of making. Yeah, but you got to get the ball in his hands, though. That's the thing. You have to make Noah Fant a central part of the game plan. And maybe now, after the loss of Judy, the loss of KJ Hamler, and he is going to be at the very worst the number three option in the passing game behind Sutton and Patrick. So he has all the talent, but he's not going to be able to capitalize on that talent if he's not getting the ball. And it seems like Teddy Bridgewater and Pat Shermer are spreading it around. They're using Albert O. They're using Eric Saubert. It's not just Noah Fant anymore. Uh, Roy, hey, he says tomorrow is his 47th birthday. Bring home that win. Yeah, happy birthday in case we don't get a chance uh, to, uh, to wish you a happy birthday tomorrow. And look who it is. We haven't seen Marcus Lewis Hanna, uh, Hanna for a while. Says hi all in the states from your Broncos fans here in the UK. So staying up a little bit late to uh, participate here in the Huddle Up podcast. Appreciate that, uh, Damian Clark Warren. What's good, buddy? Another hyphen supporter jumping in. 
Appreciate that super. He says, perfectly said, Zach. Can the defense stay disciplined? And Zach, it's one thing to keep in mind. With mobile quarterbacks, they often, it's not an absolute, but they often get sacked more. Why? Because they're trying to make a play. They're holding on to the ball a little bit longer. And when things don't play out well and you hold on to the ball a little too long, that gives the opponent a chance to get to you. So Von Miller, Malik Reed, Draymond Jones, Shelby Harris. I mean, these guys will get some chances, I think, this week. It's just a matter of are they going to be able to capitalize on them. It's also going to be who is the spy on Lamar? Is it Sternod? Mm-hmm. Is it AJ? Is it Pat Sertan? Is it Simmons? That spy in charge of keeping him within the line of scrimmage and not letting him get his legs going, that will be the determining factor, I think, for this game, at least on defense for Denver. Uh, Colby on Facebook, you know, we appreciate you, my friend, and all the star support. He says, can we stop Jackson from getting 100 yards rushing is the question. So, <clears throat> pardon me, for what it's worth, Lamar has one game this year, over 100 on the ground, but the first game, 86 yards. This last week against Detroit, uh, 58 yards. So he's still averaging a pretty healthy uh, eight yards per attempt, basically, on the ground. So that will be quintessentially key, whatever word you want to use, supreme, paramount, who's going to spy him. I don't know that uh, AJ's got the juice to go sideline to sideline, chasing around Lamar. In fact, how many linebackers really can, right? But maybe if you're looking for to tap a guy that has the best potential skill set to do that, it's Justin Sternot as far as, far as role and maybe even Baron Browning, but what do you risk right. by putting Baron on in terms of his relative inexperience? Exactly. Yeah, I don't think Fangio is ready to trust Baron with that uh, uh, important of a role. I think it could be Sternod. It could be uh, someone like Pat Sertan who can be that that uh, movable chess piece on Sunday, considering the Broncos have their cornerbacks and the, and the Ravens don't really uh, have much of a receiving threat beyond their two receivers and their tight end. So it's going to be interesting, and if they can keep him within the line of scrimmage, they have a really good chance of keeping that Ravens offense down. They're going to get yards. They're going to get points. It's a matter of how many are they going to get. By the way, really cool uh, distinction. I, You know, it's obvious, hello, but it didn't really occur to me until today, listening to Teddy talk, that this is the first time he's going head-to-head with Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson, of course, you know, they're both from Southern Florida. They both went to Louisville, right? And they both have they have a similar upbringing, similar story being raised by a single mom, going on to have great success and whatnot. Now, and they're both, I think, Zach, the 32 overall pick, right? Barely into the first round, if I'm not mistaken, for both of them. And so, you know, the game respects game. They got a lot of ties. They come from the same part of the, the state in Florida. This is the first time they're, they're going head-to-head. So these are two legends in the, of their era, two legends of their – you know, geographic kind of stomping grounds that for the first time get to duke it out. In fact, I'm going to write about some of the things that Teddy had to say on that topic later, but it's going to be cool. Yeah, and I was telling some people at the meetup this that this is going to be a test for Denver. They haven't fallen behind. They haven't played a quarterback that's either on par with Teddy or better than Teddy, and Lamar fits that category. If they fall behind 14 points, you know, 17 points, can Teddy bring them back? Can he match scores and match plays with someone as dynamic as Lamar Jackson? That's going to be the subplot of the game beyond how the Broncos do on defense to contain Lamar. Good to see you, Travis Weber. Appreciate you being with us, my brother. Um, <clears throat> pardon me here. Let's grab uh, where to go, Andrew Baker. Good to see you, my friend. Appreciate you. Great meeting you the other day as well. Uh, beautiful young family, my friend. Congrats on that. He says, we need to open the motor up, so to speak, this weekend. 
We've left a lot of points on the field and have to go hard now. Hashtag MHH for life. Love that, dude. Yeah, I mean, look, regardless of what happens, Zach, and this is, you know, something fans need to kind of, <clears throat> you know, thank your lucky stars over is as the Broncos have suffered some pretty serious personnel losses this time around, they've beaten the teams that they're supposed to be, whether those teams are nine and zero or zero and nine, they've won those games. And so as they navigate these next few weeks and kind of learn how to live life without those players that they've lost in the past two or three weeks, they gave themselves a little bit of rope. Now that's not an excuse to mail it in and just let, you know, Baltimore and Pittsburgh and Cleveland or you name it, uh, walk all over you and, and just win laying down, but it's perspective. You know, if the Broncos somehow come out on the losing end of this one, Zach. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. They bought themselves a little bit of rope. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nice to be at worst 3-1 and one coming out of Sunday, but uh, they're not going to keep up in this game if the red zone offense sputters like it did against the Jets of all teams, Chad. The Ravens' defense is better, and obviously the Baltimore offense is better. They can't have first and goal at the one and not come away with a touchdown or points in general. This is a game where they have to capitalize within the 20s and get six, not three. Tony D.A. Dub, another superstar who traveled from afar. And uh, we got to meet him in person on Sunday from uh, L.A. It was really cool to meet you. I only wish we could have spent more time, at least in my case, uh, being able to chit-chat with you, my friend. But appreciate you. Appreciate the super chat. He says, what's up, fellas? Any possible wide receiver trade that you would like to see? I believe we should go get a slot receiver. That way we don't rush Judy back. Awesome to see you, fellas. Zach, what are your thoughts on the idea of moving some mountains to uh, – you know, go go trade, go acquire a wide receiver. I, I don't think Peyton's moving those mountains if he picked up David Moore and he didn't have to give up capital to get him. It's the same reason, you know, I, I was advo- not advocating for a trade before the David Moore acquisition. They have Judy coming back. You have Cortland Sutton, who can be a top 10 guy. You have Tim Patrick, who is criminally underrated, the most underrated receiver in the NFL for my money. You have two good tight ends and you have two good running backs, three now that can catch out of the backfield. I don't see it happening. I think the Broncos can get by despite the loss of K.J. Hamler. There is an article coming out tonight on milehighhuddle.com. It will publish sometime shortly after the end of tonight's live stream from Lance Sanderson. And in that article, he details five wide receivers around the league, some of which are free agents, some of which you'd have to you know, give something up via trade. Uh, and the, the Broncos could look at like maybe the David Moore thing. You know, He, he can't move the needle initially. You got some time until the trade deadline. Uh, so who else is out there? And I'm not going to spoil the piece because I want you guys to read it, but I'll give you one name to preview, and that is Brandon Cooks. Zach, would you be interested in go- in the Broncos giving up anything? This dude's looked good for the Texans thus far. 
Well, the Texans would have to be open to trading him, number one. Number two, if they weren't getting the ball in KJ Hamler's hands, why would you take on his Brandon Cooks' contract, which I'm assuming is fairly hefty, and give up a draft pick on top of that for a guy that won't be your number one receiver, won't be your number two receiver, and might not be your number three receiver in this mm -hmm. offense with Teddy and Pat Shermer? So I'm not on that train at all. Miss me on Golden Tate. Miss me on Brandon Cooks. I'm going to war with the, with the players the Broncos still have left. So for what it's worth, Zach brings up an excellent point. He's on the books this year for five and a half million bucks. All right. But next year, his base salary climbs to twelve and a half million. So that's a uh, considerable sum for a guy that, you know, you already got the, the dudes on roster who are factoring into your long term picture. Uh, Aaron, what's going on, buddy? Good to see you. Thank you for that super chat, brother. He says, what's up, guys? Since this is Lamar's first time ever playing in Denver, do you think? that the altitude could play a factor for us, uh, knowing that he's great, you know, he's a mobile running quarterback. That's an interesting question. It's an interesting point. Um, but, you know, I think it ends up in many cases, as much as it can be an attribute, uh, it can be a, a benefit for the Broncos playing at altitude. Sometimes I think that gets a little bit overblown in terms of its importance. I think it affects more, you know, the bigger, heftier dudes out there lumbering around at 250 and above. Then a young guy, or you know, quick, fast, whatever Lamar is, two hundred ten pounds, two hundred twenty pounds. What is Lamar? I'm gonna look that up real quick. Lamar is two hundred five, two twelve. Wow. So you know, he's a guy that can be okay in series, and then come off to the sideline, huff some O2, no problem. But who knows? Hopefully, it does affect him. But it is his first time. We'll see. You know what, though? I, if the Broncos are going to beat him, Chad, I'd rather the Broncos beat Lamar Jackson at full strength. No excuses, no altitude excuses. I mean, if I want them to take it to the Ravens and walk away with the convincing victory, and I think they have that potential. Our friend Jeremy, a Mount Rushmore superstar here at MHH, checking in <clears throat> Pardon me, on uh, Twitch, and he says, do you still think the GM cleans house as far as the coaching staff this year? That's always been contingent, my brother, on whether or not the Denver Broncos make the playoffs. Right. Um, if this trend of, you know, winning, if Vangio can keep this thing up, you know, and not go undefeated, obviously, that's frankly, it's just not going to happen. But if this team makes the playoffs, Fangio's not going anywhere. If they don't, you know, it depends probably on what the complexion of that failure to to make the, the playoffs looks like. But right now, it's a it's really a non-issue because hey they're three and oh no one in denver i think in that front office you know the ceo joe ellis elway the president no one's really thinking about moving on from vic right now because you're three and oh yeah no one's really thinking about 22 just yet nor should they uh, you know ask us again jeremy at midseason when you know when the record kind of plays out a little longer and they've played more quality opponents and we'll tell you uh which way the wind is blowing but if they have a winning record or like chad said a playoff berth Fangio's not going anywhere, and nor is Teddy Bridgewater. All right, I got to shout out uh, the stars tonight that are th people are, are throwing down. We appreciate each and every one of you, and uh, we got to hit that goal, guys. We want to hit that goal. We want to raffle off the uh, Justin Simmons jersey. We started tonight at, what was it, Zach, 97%, mm -hmm. right? So uh, Andrew Baker, David Wilder, Colby, John, you guys are – single-handedly right now trying to help us get to that goal and we appreciate each and every one of you but it's up to the community on facebook if we're going to hit that thing today and tomorrow is all we got left as far as the sand in that particular hourglass john says 
it's going to be nice seeing the Broncos offense play a full uh, four quarters versus the Ravens, possibly seeing Teddy's full potential as a Bronco. I don't know, man. Teddy's already played, you know, if we're talking about ceilings and potential, he is already in my perception of what Teddy was coming in. He has already broken through that ceiling of what my perception of him was. And so has he been perfect? No. All that in, all that tells us, Zach, is that there are additional levels that he could still reach if the stars align. He needs everyone around him to also keep playing at a high level. And, you know, but I I can't lie, man. He has outkicked his coverage, according to me. I agree with you, but it's going to go one of two ways. And I'm not saying this is how I feel. I'm saying this is the two storylines that are going to emerge. If the Broncos beat the Ravens, I mean, the Teddy hype will be through the roof and he will be touted as an MVP candidate. If they lose this game, though, everyone's going to say, if, if anyone who's had any doubt about Teddy, oh, he came back, crashing back down to earth. They finally played a quality opponent and he lost against them. So it's going to really push the narrative one of two ways after Sunday on Teddy Bridgewater. And you know what? I hope it's the former. Ron Dub, it was really cool hanging out with you, my friend. Yes, Ron, sir. Ron traveled for the meet and greet from Georgia, and uh, he hung out. Like, he didn't just come by, say hi, and then bounce. He hung out with us pregame. He came back, hung out with us postgame. We had him on the gut reaction. It was really cool getting to chat with you, bro. Thank you for the super. Looks like you made it home safe and sound. He says, hey, nice meeting everyone on Sunday. Are you concerned with our red zone offense? We need to get in the end zone consistently, especially against Baltimore and Kansas City. Yeah, Zach, the Broncos were two for five in the red zone, and that was, you know, 40%, a number significantly torpedoed by Javante's fumble. Yeah. Um, so you take that away, which you can't. It's a part of the tapestry now. It's in the books. But if you take that away, you're probably north of 50%, and, you know, People aren't talking about it as much, but this is something Fangio addressed after the game. He claims he's not worried about it, but I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that I'm not. We need to see this team close inside the 20s act. Yeah, I mean, again, you can get by with being 40% against a team like the Jets, Chad, or the Giants, or the Jaguars. You can't get by when the competition rises and you're playing the Ravens, the Chiefs, even Vegas. You know, a team like that that can as a, as a potent offense and you may have to match scores with. So it's going to be a big test on Sunday for Denver what they're going to do on offense and if they can keep up with a more quality opponent. I'm very interested to see what's going to happen. Albert brings up uh, something that we used to really lament here on the show. We used to worry at it like a dog on a bone. The strength and conditioning and all the lower leg injuries and whatnot. He says, the personnel we need to lose uh, is McMahon and uh, Martin – or uh, Martin, what's his name? Lauren. Lauren. Lando. Martin Lando's an actor. It, anyway, it was interesting, Zach. Thank you for the uh, comment there, Albert. It was interesting to hear – I want to say – I want to give credit on this one where it's due because most of the credentialed media in Denver that are there asking the questions at the podium and whatnot, they don't – they, they kind of try not to be too confrontational, Right. And Vic Fangio was asked point blank today if – now, it was a little bit more of a specialized question involving hamstrings, all right? But he was asked if the team's recent injuries hamstring-wise, you know, and he listed the the players including O.J. Mudia, Darby. There's another one I'm missing. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, Jonas Griffith, the special teams linebacker that now is on injured reserve that was just hurt. Uh, if he's had a conversation with Landau, the training staff, about a possible trend in hamstring injuries and whether he's concerned, here's what Fangio said, quote, no, 
We only you've got Jonas, Darby, Ojemudia. Uh, Michaels was more of a contact type thing, the way his leg came down. But no, I think we've had a good year in regard to that. What is he talking about? A good year in regard to hamstring injuries only? or And I guess that really was the, the main crux of the question, Zach, was hamstring. But still, how can in any world you say, especially 2020 and 2021, that the Broncos have had a good year in regard to anything relative to injuries below the, the waist? Yeah, I was going to say, what What about the other two years? I, I mean, are you just focused? Do you have that much tunnel vision? Then again, though, I, what else is he going to say, Chad? Is he going to throw Landau under the bus publicly? He's going to say, you know, we, I see a trend and it's disturbing and I'm blaming my strength and conditioning coach for the injuries. I, I There's more to it than coincidence. And we've been beating this drum for a while now. And anytime you bring it up, you get shut down and you get, you know, uh, just tamped down. There is something going on. I think the training regimen has played a part in the lower body injuries and the injuries in general in Denver the last couple seasons. Christian, appreciate you, brother. It's good to see you. He says, Reisner has been so bad, uh, playing Quinn doesn't scare me. Well, yeah, I mean, even if Quinn hadn't have played uh, in week three and played well, doesn't scare me either because Reisner has been so bad that you're like, how much worse can it really get? Like the next guy on the depth chart, how much worse can it honestly get? And this was something that uh, in our conversations hanging out over the weekend face to face that I discussed with Eric and he said look you know it's just Dalton Reisner not a great fit for the Mike Munchak blocking scheme that's the unfortunate reality up to this point and so whatever you miss you know in uh, in what Dalton Reisner brings to the table as a leader and as kind of an emotional firebrand that keeps his his guys stoked I mean Zach did you notice for example before he went down in week three Dalton Reisner, man, like he he was in between snaps, in between series, constantly trying to rev up the crowd. Like the dude is just a ball of energy and he sets a tone. And that's not something that you should look past too far. But at the same time, the play has not been commensurate with that. And so that's the unfortunate pickle the Broncos find themselves in with, with Reisner. Exactly. I don't really care if he's a ball of energy. I don't care about any of those intangibles. I want the best play on the field and the best players on the field. And Reisner hasn't been that. But you have to wonder, like you brought up before, is he playing out of position? Would he be better at center? Would he be better at another area on the offensive line? Was left guard just a bad spot for him? Dude, he played right tackle at Kansas State. You know, and I, I get it that he lacked some of the length that teams typically mandate for tackles, but the dude didn't give up a sack. I don't know what it was, two years, final two years at, uh, as a Wildcat. Like, try him a tackle before. And listen, it's way too early to say, oh, you know, the Dalton Reisner era in Denver is coming to an end. Pump the brakes on that. But if it ever comes to that point, you got to try him a tackle, I think, before you would ever. Because he's just so such a good dude, and he as a, again a leader, a firebrand. Before you would ever say, "Look, we you're just not getting it done on the field." I would try him at tackle, but for now, I think the Broncos remain committed to the inside. Uh, Marcus wants to know what is the best way to beat the Ravens? Is it the running game or having Teddy throw? So, if you ask me, Zach, the best way to beat the Baltimore Ravens is to stay on the field. Exactly, it's a similar approach to. You know, how do you beat Pat Mahomes? Well, you got to score points, duh, but you've got to stay on the field. You got to consume drives. Yep. You got to put the onus on 
on uh, the opponent to have to kind of make up ground, keep them cold, so to speak. So, hey, if it's a ground game, Zach, or if it's a nickel and diming, horizontal, dink and dunk passing attack, I don't care. Just find a way to convert on third down and then make sure those trips inside the 20 result in points. There's an old uh, NFL adage, a quarterback can't beat you if he's on the sideline. And it was used to be said about Tom Brady a lot. And it's the truth. Same thing with Mahomes now or same thing with any other elite quarterback. If he's not on the field, he can't hurt you. So if you if you use the running game and you have these long drives and you convert those long drives into touchdowns, that is the biggest way. The Broncos are going to lose this game more than likely if they're counting on Teddy to match wits with Lamar. They have to win this game with their defense and their running game. Here, uh, speaking of uh, balls of energy, we got Naj in the house. What's up, bro? Good to see you. Again, dude, I missed you. Uh, I was about to call you on to the show Sunday, and I turn around and look. Where's Naj? Oh, I think you had to leave. But either way, brother, it was really cool getting to meet with you, hang out with you for a while. You're a lot of fun, my friend. He says, great meeting you, brothers, uh, on Sunday. The Ravens blitz a lot, and Teddy has been money <clears throat> Pardon me, against pressure this year. Do you think Spencer – uh, Deontay uh, can be a viable option to stretch the field against those all-out blitzes. Zach? Well, obviously, George Payton doesn't think so, or else he wouldn't have claimed David Moore, who's a speedster. Uh, Deontay Spencer is a placeholder wide receiver, and if they were healthy, the Broncos, with Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler, Spencer wouldn't even see time at receiver. He's a strict punt returner, as far as I'm concerned. So, theoretically, with his speed, he could but it, would you count on him to reel down a pass when you throw it to him down in coverage? I, I don't know that I'm there quite yet on Deontay Spencer. Uh, your Place Coffee is not a name I recognize in our chats, but welcome. welcome. Appreciate you being with us. Teddy has not scored 30 against these low-quality teams. Is that any better than the last five years? Well, here's the thing you got to keep in mind All right, on that. The Broncos, what do you do when you're an NFL team? We're not talking about college where they're running up the score any given chance, right? In the league, because rosters are more finite, healthy personnel is a much more precious commodity. NFL teams, when you go up two, three scores in the second half, they dial it back. You're not trying to roll out every wrinkle and, you know, cool feature of the playbook you're playing it a little bit more conservative. You're just kind of trying to grind it out because you've got this in the bag. So that's part of the, the complexion here of what, Zach, the Broncos offense, how they've produced points-wise is I think if these would have been shootout-type games, let's say the Broncos defense had just been completely horrible against these teams and you had to go blow for blow, toe-to-toe, -to -toe. every time you step on the field, if you don't get a touchdown, I mean, Peyton Manning, Tony Romo, circa 2013 – then I would bet dollars to donuts based on what we've seen that this is a team that would have been getting over 30 points. But they really haven't been in a position where they've had to do that. And their red zone struggles, I think, are the other the other component to what's held them back from getting over that, that 30 mark. Well, it's all relative, too, because for, for last season, what, they averaged 17 points a game on offense. Now they're in the 20s at least through three games, and they're 3-0, and, and they've won these three games fairly handily. So... It's nitpicking to me not to you know to criticize them for not getting to thirty. They've gotten to a, a higher point total than they did last year, and they're three and zero, and they've won convincingly. So, no bones to pick. Hey, Colby, appreciate those stars, brother. He says, "Great pod. I missed a few live pods, so here's a little help. Go Broncos! A winnable game if we contain Jackson." 
Appreciate that, Colby. Yes, indeed. And guys, we still got a gap to close. We want to get to that 250 by the end of tomorrow. We got a gap to close on Facebook with the stars. But uh, the the Ravens up to this point, you know, and you got to be you got to remember, there's fool's gold in more ways than one uh, when it comes to the NFL early season. You see a lot of teams, and let's we're knocking on wood in hopes that the Broncos aren't one of them. But you see a lot of teams, uh, oftentimes Zach, they get out to hot starts, you know, uh, three, four five and one, whatever it might be. And then they crumble down the stretch. And then you see teams that are, you know, kind of perceived to be more of your perennial playoff teams. I mean, I can think of countless times where all, is this the year that Tom Brady is not going to make the playoffs because the Patriots get out to a slow start. Same with big Ben, Uh, the Ravens up to this point, Zach have not looked like the juggernaut they were last year or the year prior up, up to this point. You can't bank on that. You have to go into this, approaching it if you're the Denver Broncos like this is you know the big bad wolf like you got to give it everything you got because at at any moment in time this team could shift into you know the zone so to speak let's just say the Ravens and start reaching its potential that we know it has so it's the onus I guess my point here Zach is the onus is on the Broncos to make sure that doesn't happen this week. Uh, compared to the Giants, the Jaguars, and the Jets, though, the Ravens are a juggernaut, and they're by far the most imposing team the Broncos have faced thus far. But I'm with you. Um, you have to treat Lamar Jackson like he's still an MVP front runner or candidate. You have to treat the Ravens' defense like they're uh, an elite, stout, stifling defense. You have to go into that game with that in mind. Not give them too much respect, but not treat them like it's, oh, well, they're not as explosive as last year. They are far and away a class in their own compared to the other three teams the Broncos have faced. Guys, we have to uh, get out of here a little bit earlier than usual tonight. We have some business we got to take care of. Um, So any burning questions, any burning topics, get them in the chat right now because we do have to keep tonight a little bit uh, closer to the quick than we might normally. So um, Andre wants to know here, Zach, if Drew Locke won these three games, do you think people would rate us higher just because of his upside? Who knows, dude? Who knows? Listen, it's you're never going to know. Broncos moved on from Drew Locke, basically, right? They didn't cut him. They didn't trade him. But they said, look, you're not our best option now, and that probably means you're not our best option in the future. So thanks for everything. Take a seat. And so far, Teddy has not made the coaches look like fools for that decision. I think based on what we know, it would have been the opposite. They would have found every way to um, to play down the Broncos' success with Drew Locke, whereas with Teddy Bridgewater, he's getting all these accolades for the Broncos being 3-0, and you know, citing his stats and his deep ball and MVP and this and that. I mean, I think if the Broncos were 3-0 and with Drew Locke, he would be the last one getting credit. But with Teddy Bridgewater, he's the first one getting credit for 3-0. and Yeah, and on the topic of Drew Locke, as uh, Jeremy brings up here, he says, I wouldn't be surprised if a desperate quarterback needy team tries to pry Locke off our hands. I wouldn't either. Honestly. I mean, because Locke, he show he's if you take out this summer. Wow, wow. thank you, Seth. My, That's my friend. Amazing. A, a very generous super sticker. I, I gotta see what it is. We'll see if I can flash it. Let me let me let me see on the back end while I'm looking this up, though. Um oh, here it is. Here it is. We got a an emoji. Godzilla of some sort. Um, oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, there it is. Can you guys see that there? All right, <laughs> wreck and shop. Appreciate that, Seth. Thanks, buddy. Um, 
but Drew Locke, let's say, Zach, you take away 2021 and anything he's done this year. All right. Drew Locke is an attractive option to a lot of teams out there, whether they're QB needy or not, because of the potential he has flashed. Hasn't hasn't been anywhere consistent enough uh, to hang your hat on. That's why he's not the starting quarterback right now. But, Zach, then you factor in that he looked pretty damn good in training camp, or at the very least. I mean, even if you want to say, hey, beauty's in the eye of behold the beholder, I don't think he looked damn good. If you don't at least acknowledge that he appeared to have taken some pretty measurable strides in progressing, then you probably got an agenda. You're either lying to yourself or just outright lying, all right? Drew Locke took steps. So my point here, Zach, is I can promise you the phone has probably rang more than once. Teams just checking the temperature with George Payton on Drew Locke. Well, what quarterback needy teams are out there right now? Even teams that lost their quarterbacks. I mean, look at the Dolphins. They lost Tua, and they had uh, Jacoby Brissett almost beat the Raiders. Uh, You have the Texans. Tyrod Taylor even looked good there. They have Davis Mills now. I I mean, I I don't see a team that's going to reach out for Drew Locke considering his stock, you know, is kind of uh, low right now after losing that competition, like you said, to Teddy Bridgewater. So I think he's here to stay. All right, guys. Last one here from Cody Dub. Hey, bro. Appreciate that. He says, is 30 points easy with no hiccups? I'm not sure what he's really asking here, Zach. I, I think if the Broncos play like a flawless game, is 30 points achievable or easy? Oh, and I, well, I think yeah. it definitely is. No doubt. And that's that's part of the point I was trying to make earlier is you haven't seen this team play to its potential in more ways than one. And I think largely you haven't seen this this the coaches anyway try to play the potential because they haven't had to. They've gotten out on top of every opponent quite early. And, you know, so they've been able to, I mean, not quite mail it in. I don't want to make it sound like it was, you know, that dominant. The Jets game is one thing. But still, the Pat Shermer, look, when you've got this thing well in hand and it's the third quarter, you're not calling all the best plays. Why would you? You don't want to put that out there when you got this game in the bag. You're going to hold on to that stuff. So, I think the best is still yet to come, even with the personnel losses that you've seen this team suffer on the offensive side, which up to this point, let's face it, Zach, quite considerable. I think if the Broncos win this game, Chad, they're not going to win with 30 points. They're going to win this game with like, you know, 17 points. I mean, their their best hope is to keep Lamar Jackson off the field and play really good defense. I mean, I could see like a 17-14 type game. Uh, that's more likely to me than I would see a 30-28 to 28 type game. All right, guys. Sorry, we got to keep tonight a little bit more brief than we might normally. Here's our shout-out to the top star senders tonight. Claude at the very top. Love you, bro. Colby right there. David right there. Andrew right there. And John, we really appreciate each and every one of you, all your support. It means the world. We'll update tomorrow, all right, uh, where we stand on the stars giveaway, the 250K. Uh, 97% is where we were at tonight. I don't think we moved the needle all that much tonight, just to be frank. So tomorrow... Hey, tomorrow's the wire. And the good news is two opportunities. You got Broncos for breakfast on the bright with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. There's a chance. Be there at 7.30 a.m. Mountain Time. And then, of course, we'll be back tomorrow night for the Mile High Mailbag, our usual time. We'll also, Zach, spend a lot more time tomorrow breaking down Baltimore and looking at these head-to-head comparisons and matchups. And so we'll look forward to that. But, hey, thanks to each and every one of you. Shout out Mile High Salute to the Super Chat superstars. Love you. And with that, my brother, sign us off.
Yes, sir, guys. Until we see you guys next time, which is tomorrow night, like Chad said, be sure to follow the Huddle Up Pod on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. Follow the main account on Twitter at MyLieHuddle. Uh, go to HuddleUpPod.com and get your swag on. Get yourself a hat. Get yourself a shirt like Chad's wearing. Uh, a dad hat. Anything and everything you want in that store. Also, follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. If you haven't already, go to Facebook.com slash MyLieHuddle. Hit that big blue button. Become a supporter today. VIP content. Three shows. KK, Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, and Trickle Zone. We appreciate all your viewership there. And also Facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page. And if you haven't already, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every month. But if you can't do any of those things, guys, we totally understand. Just do these three things. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It helps us grow, Chad, and reach more Broncos fans just like you guys. That's right. Love y'all. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 